2 Timothy 3, for a, uh, sorry, I'm having a bit of trouble with my voice here this morning for the message text, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now this morning I thought was a really um, great foundation for this for this message. Uh, taking on the whole armor of God, we read about the power of God, and uh, I was just I was really blessed. I was thinking about that and how it related to to this this passage and 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 the message here. Second Timothy verse three. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away." For this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jens and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the truth. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was." <clears throat> really want to focus on this first verse here, verse 1. This, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And NIV says it this way, there will be terrible times in the last days. <clears throat> Reading from uh, the words of, of uh, MacArthur here, or actually this is from Renner. He, he puts it this way. Paul goes on to say that perilous times will mark the final age. <clears throat> perilous is the Greek word chalepos, a word used to describe ugly words that when spoken are hurtful and emotionally hard to bear. It is also used in various pieces of literatures to depict wild, vicious, uncontrollable animals that are unpredictable and dangerous. <clears throat> so that's what this word perilous describes, wild, vicious, uncontrollable. It always carries the idea of an action, place, person, or thing that is harsh, harmful, and filled with high risk. This is the word used in Matthew 8.28 to portray those two demon-possessed men who were so legendary in the country of the Gadarenes. It says there were met him, Jesus, there met Jesus, there two men possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. The words exceeding fierce, those words is the same word as chalepos. Perilous, <clears throat> high risk, harsh, harmful, unpredictable, dangerous. And these are the days that... I believe we're in now. Uh, 
in the very end of the age, hurtful, harmful, dangerous, unpredictable, unpredictable, uncontrollable, high risk periods of time will come. Now, I don't want to preach a sermon here this morning of gloom and doom with no hope. It's, it's not entirely that way. Uh, the sermon title, the message title is Perilous Livings, Perilous Living. And then the second part of the title is our response. Perilous living than our response to that. But I want to take a bit of a look at, at the perilous times we're in. I mean, if, we're, if we don't really critically analyze the time we're in, we're, we're like ostriches with their heads in the sand. Uh, because it is a perilous time. And I, I don't, you know, there's no, no use for us to run away from that and, and say it's not. Or stick our heads in the sand and say, no, let's feel good and let's not think about that. Uh, we do need to face it. <clears throat> These are perilous times. There are wars and rumors of wars right now. And uh, if you look on the news, you see what's happening to the Ukraine. Uh, it looks like maybe something good could come from that, but the setting and so forth, um, it's very unlikely that the Ukraine will come out of, out of their civil unrest at a really good end. They're, they're so indebted to, the, to Russia. Russia con controls the valves to the oil that's so critical to their economy. Um, and, and, you know, really, the European Union is, is doesn't really have that much to offer. Um, I, you know, this, these might not be things that you're looking at or keeping that much that close of watch on, but the truth is there's a lot of unrest fomenting or fermenting. Syria is an ongoing bloodbath. You look at that news; it's it's very awful things going on. Then we have El Chapo, you know, Gomez, <clears throat> this drug lord. He's been arrested. Well, you can say that's a great thing, and it is. But you look at a 2010 Forbes report, and they called him the most a, a one of the world's most influential men. And that's that's kind of frightening that a drug lord would be one of the world's most influential men. They rated him as more influential than uh, Venezuela Chavez or, or Francis Sarkozy. That was in 2010. Um, and, but the chilling thing is, it's also reported there are plenty of men to fill that his vacuum, to fill his place, his position. And then, you know, take a look at our country. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty here. There's a lot of debt. There are new layers of regulations being enforced all the time at every level. Financially, healthcare, building, all of these, the distance between the concept and the service and the product, that end product is widening and with that comes a huge financial price tag whenever you make that distance, the further you make that distance and add regulation between the larger the financial price tag. Well, these things concern me, but what more concerns me is um, is the culture 
you know, Sodom's morality is, is being pushed by special interest groups and powers that be practically down our throats. Um, and, you know, as a little note, side note, Facebook is paying outrageous sums for apps. Um, <clears throat> Facebook just paid $19 billion. When Clayton told me that, I said, no, you've messed up. It was $1.9 billion. I said, and he said, no, it's $19 billion. So I had to look it up, $19 billion for an app. You know, it's true. We don't have Hitler. We don't, we're not in World War II right now. We don't have Hitler going across Europe, Western Europe, and, and bringing consternation to the world at every level. That's not happening right now. But there is significant cause for concern. And to say there's not is, I believe, putting our heads in the sand. <clears throat> when you look at, at where we're at, uh, and, and many levels, especially on the morality level, combine that with the fruition or the result of godlessness that, that comes with having put God out of our culture on the educational level and the culture of, of violence that we see on TV and video games so forth, you know, the, this, it seems like there's a, a, a thrust at, at, at deadening that innate God-given uh, aversion to immorality, to bloodshed, and so forth. Um, and what the result of that will be, I don't know. But it, it can't be, doesn't seem like it can be good. <clears throat> well, if you had to tell that mix our belief in American exceptionalism, that we're something special. We are the good life because we're Americans, as American culture does. And in, add to that our growing reliance on the government from food to health. You know, I see, I see a real disaster in the making and I see perilous times, unprecedented, for, for us here, and maybe worldwide. Wide. Why? Why do I see that? I believe in the end, the government won't be able to deliver. And, and people have been trained <clears throat> to not, to believe that the government should deliver <clears throat> and not be self-reliant. More than not being self-reliant, not being God-reliant. Perilous times. Today as Christians we enjoy a great deal of favor. We enjoy a good degree of favor in society. But let's remember favor is fickle. It's a very, it's a very uh, fine edge there of going on one side of favor or the other. Take a look at Daniel. He knew what it was like to, to go from being the king's advisor in the court eating at the king's table to being lunch for the lions in a very short amount of time. You know, had Daniel changed? No. Had he had committed a sin? No. Uh, but unjust men and, and unjust laws had forced him out of favor. You look at Job, you know, something entirely out of his power, out of his control, put him out of favor with, with his fellow men, put him out of 
put him uh, on the other side of being a respected man in the community to the side of being spit at and, and mocked. You know, Job hadn't changed. His character hadn't changed. His morals hadn't changed. But he had lost favor with his, his fellow, with many of his fellow men uh, due to his circumstances. Well, then you look at Jesus, our Redeemer. He knew what it was like to go from favor to being out of favor very quickly. The triumphal entry to carrying his own cross to Calvary within a very short period of time. But we have to remember things aren't always what they seem. The triumphal entry was not really triumph. And the cross was not defeat. The cross became the ultimate triumph. So things aren't what they seem, and the Christian has to remember, remember that. Popular opinion can easily swing from positive to negative and from negative to positive. And it's us, it, for that reason, it's of utmost importance to us as Christians that we base our sense of being by our relationship with Christ and not by our favor level with society. It's utmost importance that we as Christians base our, our sense of being by our relationship with Christ and, and not by our favor level in society. If we're going to make it through perilous times, be successful, be faithful in perilous times, in dangerous, unpredictable times. Three perils that I see that I find frightening, uh, the most frightening today, uh, are these. Compromise, deception, and maybe the one that I fear less is the, is the third one here, and that's external pressures to conform. But I'd like to look at the, these three very quickly. Compromise, a peril that the church faces. And that's, these are perils from within, these two. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans. The push from within to compromise and form ties with the world. The doctrine of Balaam. Bring the world into the church. Uh, if you can't win the church, then take the world into the church. Wink at sin. Deception. It ties very closely with compromise. And it talks about that in 2 Timothy 3.8. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do also these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. Janus and Jambres, this is the only place that I know of that they're mentioned in the Bible. But it's thought, and it's a Jewish tradition that these were the two magicians who opposed Moses when Moses came in asking Pharaoh to let his people go. Remember how that Pharaoh put down his rod and it became a snake? And how that these magicians put down their rods, staffs, and they became snakes? And then Moses' rod, he says, swallowed those. But these are the two magicians. And, said, and, and because of this, 
Uh, in Exodus 7, we read that passage, 7, and 23, Pharaoh's heart grew hard. You know, he saw that the magicians with their enchantments were able to do, make their staffs become snakes. And something about that deception there <clears throat> made Pharaoh's heart grow hard. And he did not heed them as the Lord had said. And Pharaoh turned and went into his house. Neither was his heart moved by this. Deception results in, in unbelief and hardness. It's also according to tradition, these two um, wise men of Pharaoh's court, Janus and Jambres, uh, went with the, with the exile, or went with the, with the uh, Israelites um, into the wilderness, and that they were uh, of the ones that instigated the worship of the golden calf there when Moses was on the mountain. Um, that's Jewish tradition. I don't, we don't read it in the Bible, but it seems like it could be very possible. <clears throat> Second Peter two one says there were also there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways. Because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. By, covetous, by covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. There were false prophets. That's something that has begun with the beginning of time. There are now false teachers. And they continue their work, bringing destructive heresies even denying the Lord who bought them. They bring on themselves swift destruction. Many will follow their destructive ways. And because of them, truth will become muddled, or the way of truth will be blasphemed. They will exploit people with their deceptive words. <clears throat> False teachers with their own agendas. You know, eventually Janus and Jambres' um, folly was, was made manifest and they had a destruction. I don't know exactly what that was, if that was at the time that Moses ordered the Levites to go through and, and kill a lot of the people there as a punishment or if that was somewhere, you know, at the crossing of the Red Sea, but there was a destruction there. But in the meantime, there was a lot of casualty because of them. You look at all that whole Egyptian army being wiped out. Or you look at how many uh, Israelites were killed. Um, there's a casualty that goes along with, with, with false teaching. And the question of, for us is this morning, you know, will we be part of the casualty or will we, or will we be part of the truth? And then three, external pressures to conform. Wars, rumors of wars, civil unrest, physical harm, displacement from homes, and so forth. Now, this is something that could truly happen. It could happen in our generation yet. It has happened. It is happening to fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in some places of the world today. 
Um, we're blessed in, in that we, we've experienced a, a security and, and safety in, in this land. But, but that doesn't mean that we're owed it or that we can expect it. Over the centuries, I would say that, that compromise and deception have caused the vast majority of, of Christian casualties. That's where the perils have come from, or that's where the casualties have come from. And it's not to say that external pressures can't squelch Christianity in a region, but overall, external pressures have proved ineffective and an ineffective way of squelching Christianity. However, the art of, of Balaam and the art of the Nicolaitans has proven very effective in, in squelching Christianity or squelching the fruit of Christianity. Why is that? And I, I think we need to really think about this. It's because part of the reason, and I know there's more reasons than I have here, but I think a large part of the reason is because this compromise and this deception assures people they can indulge in sin and enjoy salvation all at the same time. You know, people like the sound of this. It, it tickles the air, it placates the conscience, and it allows the fulfillment of lust, even while, you know, the heart is, or the person is being told, you know, they're, they're okay. You know, the church's rightful huge concerns about sodomy is dimmed. And I'm talking about the Lord church at large is dimmed by its lack of authority and discipline in other areas of the word, in other areas of morality, such as modesty, adultery, fornication, divorce, and its nonconformity or its being conformed to the world because of not really having focused and having taken a stand on these other areas, it doesn't have the authority it should have when it speaks out against homosexuality, which is made to be the big threat of the church today. It's true. The sin is, is an arrogant step. It's an extremely arrogant step against God. But it's another step. It's another arrogant step built on the foundation of other steps away from God's law. It's not the big step. It's another one. You know, I believe if the church is to gain moral authority, it'll have to repent. It'll have to go back to the Bible. It'll have to start doing things God's way again. From reliance on Christ to recognizing the headship to its conformance to godly standards of dress and so forth, it'll have to repent and go back again. If it's going to gain authority on, on these issues we're facing today. I know we can say that we're not there. We've, we've done the right thing. We've kept the, you know, we've kept a stand and, <clears throat> and so forth. But I'd like to remind us what we hear in society, what we're taught, what we're listening to, has a way of filtering into our lives and it has a way of subtly um, 
how would you say it? Subtly um, uh, bringing us into sort of a compliance with, with worldly thought if we're not careful, if we're not really careful. So what is our response or what should our response be as Christians? And this is, this is um, where I want what I want for us to remember this morning, not all the, the bad things that are there, although I think it's right for us to think about and be aware, but more important, it's, for, it's right for us to focus on what we should be doing. 2 Timothy 1.6 says this, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, Stir up the gift of God which is in you. This gift is in us right now, I believe. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So let's think a bit about these three attributes of God that he's given to us. Power, love, and a sound mind. Let's do a little stirring this morning. God has given us the spirit of power. We read about that in our Sunday school lesson this morning, putting on the whole armor of God and, and the power, taking on the power of God. God has given believers all the spiritual resources they need for, for every trial and every threat. Looking at some scripture on power, Matthew 10, Jesus speaking here, 10, 17 through 20. Be on your guard, you will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will, be, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Here's power, Holy Spirit power, but I believe we have to have a real tune with God, with Christ, for this to happen. We have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. We have to have done our part in taking on the whole armor and being fitted, prepared, having our loins girt with truth. <clears throat> Define power, effective, productive spiritual energy belongs to the believers. Ephesians 1.17, I keep asking, the, asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great Power for us who believe. The, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. The amazing power of God that raised Jesus is the same power given to all who believe. We have that here this morning. That means you and I. That power that raised Christ from the dead, that strength is the same for us today. 
the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The great power for us who believe. The power of Christ in our hearts. Ephesians 3.17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. The power of Christ, divine power, effective power, productive spiritual energy, the power that belongs to the believers. And then love. God has given us a spirit of love, not of fear. A spirit of power, not of fear. And here we look at love. It's a command. The outworking of a healthy relationship with Christ. Love. 1 Timothy 1.5 The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. When our relationship is what it should be with Christ, we'll hate sin. Hate the promotion of sin, but we'll feel love for the soul. We'll strive for the soul. It's a strife not born of pride or of an agenda, but a, a Christ-like love for our fellow men. You know that cliche, we love the sinner and hate the sin. Um... I think it's, it's a cliche, but it's true. We do, we should love the sinner just as Christ loved him. We hate the sin and the promotion of sin, and rightfully so. But at the end, we're commanded to love the sinner. And that includes people today around us. Uh, maybe people that are promoting very sinful lifestyles. we're asked to, we're commanded to love them from a pure heart with a sincere faith a love that wants to lead them to truth and godliness. Longs to see them find life and light in Christ. Love, a laying down of our life for each other. John 13, 34, new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. So you will love one another? No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say it's just going to happen naturally. It says, so you must. It's a command form. You must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. <clears throat> By loving each other, we give testimony to the word of a better way. And it's not of ourselves that we automatically love each other, love one another. Uh, it doesn't just happen every time. Truth is, there may be times that we just as soon not see our fellow man, our fellow brother, our fellow sister. You know, it's through the power that we talked about earlier that God has given us 
that Christ has showed us that we're able to fulfill this command to love each other. <clears throat> to me, this proves that, that love isn't merely some ooey, gooey chemistry, but rather it's a commitment that turns into feeling by the grace of God. Now, I'm not talking about a chemistry between a young man and a young lady. I think there should be a chemistry. Um, I don't think there... I, I, that, that's another subject, so I won't go there, but this, this thing of loving each other in a brotherhood isn't just something that automatically happens. It is a commitment to God, and it's a power given us to God that we're able to fulfill this. And as an outworking of that, there's a real testimony that goes out to the world. And going further than that, if you know we're not able to love each other, uh, how would the world be able to believe that we have any answers for them? <clears throat> but as we fulfill this command, as we turn to the power of Christ and the grace of Christ, we can be a light and a witness. This kind of love centers on pleasing God and seeking others' welfare before one's own. Romans 14.7 For none of us lives for ourselves alone and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Love is a fruit of Christ. It's one of the fruits, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, and he goes on to give the others joy, peace, long-suffering, and so forth. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, first and foremost. And we read about that in, in Corinthians, where it talks about the greatest of these is charity. Galatians 5.24, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. In 1 Peter 1.22, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have a sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring Word of God. John, 1 John 4.16 And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in Him. This is, how we, this is how love is made complete among us so that we have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. We love because he first loved us. So God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And then the third one, of a sound mind. Or it could be maybe be made clear of self-discipline. <clears throat> sound mind, this refers to discipline, self-controlled and, and properly organized or prioritized mind. And this is the opposite of, of fear and cowardice that, that causes disorder and, and confusion. 
you know, focusing on that sovereign nature of, of God, the perfect, the perfect purpose of God, you know, allows us to, to uh, control our lives. It, it brings our lives into focus, our minds into focus with godly wisdom. And it gives us confidence when we know that we are, like it says in, in 1 John here, Whoever lives in love lives in God. We are in God and God in us or God in them. Think of yourself soberly. Romans 12, 3 says this, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. And I've often wondered what, how do we figure out you know, whether we're thinking of ourselves too highly or not or so forth. You know, have you ever thought about that? Am I thinking of myself highly enough or lowly enough? Um, I had to think. You know, if we're if we're truly uh, if we're truly interested in what Christ has for us, and we look at the Word, when I look at Matthew five and six, I read the Gospels. I read Christ's high level of living, his high level of morality. And I think about that soberly. Uh, it doesn't leave me tempted. I don't think of thinking of myself too highly anymore when I really focus on, on Christ. <clears throat> Rather, it, it has a way of making me cry out to Christ for grace and for power. I think when we think of ourselves soberly, when we look at the Word, it's going to make us bring us into uh, crying out to to Christ. There's also a discipline in in being very careful about letting deception come into our lives or entertaining deception. Second John one ten says this: If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house or, nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. <clears throat> There's, there is a, a discipline there of, of us being aware that we are susceptible to the persuasion of men and that we have to, we have to create barriers. We need to be very careful. I'd like to encourage us um, this morning. We are living in perilous times. There's no doubt about that. Whether we're 200 years away from the end or two years or two weeks, um, we're living in perilous times and, and they're getting more so. It's a different world today for my sons growing up than it was for me growing up. And that's a pretty short amount of time. And I don't see it, I don't see any significant changes in the horizon for the better. Unless the church is willing to repent and forsake, um, we're going to have a lot more deception and I think we're going to have a lot more pressure. But we do have, uh, we'll have a lot more pressure to, um, to compromise. <clears throat> 
But we do have something far greater than what the world is coming at us with. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And we do have the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. But we do have to stay focused. We do have to stay um, in the word and, and uh, stay being obedient for us, to, for us to stay victorious. God bless you all as you go forth with power, with love and a sound mind and, and uh, are faithful where you're at.